This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, The After. You know, I'm really frightened about all this. Allow the shelter on my arms. How will we pay for our sins? As part of the health plan? The Book of Revelation. Have you ever read it? I mean, have you ever really read it? Speaking of the Bible? Maybe that explains everything. What it is John saw about the serpent and who the prostitute is. I prefer escort or field de joie. Welcome to Continuing Drag, the podcast that's all tease, no payoff. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Is that a a comment on on this show? That's all tease, no payoff? I don't know. What do you think? I think it is. (laughs) I think it is. Or did you come the whole time? <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, we're starting blue already. Jillian, what do you think of that? Uh, safe to say that's what I expected this podcast <laughs> to be like. This week, we are joined by a guest. Uh, Jillian, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pledge. Since this is a science fiction podcast, we need to know. What's your history of science fiction? The are you fans a fan? need to know. I'm more of a fantasy gal. I mean, that falls into the realm, but good to know you, you lean more fantasy than perhaps spaceships. Absolutely. You like a dragon. Absolutely. I love a dragon. I like, uh, you know, I like the wars and the treks of the world. I like those. All right. But I'm not very familiar with... Anything outside of that? Uh... Not much. Okay. You like Space Jam? Oh, it's my favorite film. There you go. What about you? How do you feel about Space Jam, Jordan? Eh, not as much. Really? Yeah. Didn't didn't hit you at the right time? Yeah, I think I might be... I'm a few years older than Jillian. I think maybe I was a little too old when it came out. How, when was the last time you rewatched? Because mine was two weeks ago, and it was fire. <laughs> 30 years ago? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you should rewatch it. It's hilarious. It's the Looney Tunes. Why are we not watching Space Jam and talking about oh that? Oh, my God. When you guys watch Space Jam, because it is a science fiction... Technically, it's aliens. Hello. <laughs> I'm sure it aired on television one time. There you go. <laughs> well, all right. So that gives us a general idea. Uh, Wars, Trek, and anything with Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan. Yeah. Those are your science fiction jams. Mm. All right. Well, this week we are watching the failed pilot for The After, a uh, Amazon original. Yeah, but then it's not available on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I checked. My understanding is this was like early in their foray into making original content Mm. and they just like paid a bunch of people to do pilots and they dropped them online and they just kind of saw kind of what the numbers were like on them. It didn't seem like a bad idea. It was sort of like a crowdsourcing, like we're going to give you a bunch of shows. Tell us what you like. And I saw they released this and Bosch was the other show. Hey, which actually is Bosch just, is still going, isn't it? Just yeah. finishing this season, so it did wow. well. well. But those were the those were the two that released. I don't know if it was the same day or the same period, though, to see what people thought. 2014, it came out, right? 20... Yes, 2014. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, we should mention the creator of the show. Yeah, Chris Carter. X-Files uh, enthusiast. Right, yes. Which was an interesting thing, because I think this is our, on this pad- podcast, the second Chris Carter thing we've done, right? His yeah. Freaky Links, and now this. Do you know he has his own trope? It's called the Chris Carter effect. Oh, what's that? 
It is, uh, I'll give the definition. It says, the Chris Carter effect happens when a work is wholly focused on twists and turns without properly building up to a satisfactory resolution. Interesting. Uh, accurate. It's like yeah. a little TV trope for Chris Carter. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But see, I actually didn't know that it was a pilot. I thought it was a, it was like standalone? a TV movie because I think it does standalone. Do you? I thought it. Well, we'll get into it, but that, yeah. I, I'm interested to hear, I'm interested to hear more about this theory. I'm assuming no one's heard of this before. So uh, we're going all in blind on this one. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Great. Um, so it was released on February 6, 2014. And I've got a little, a little history facts for you here. Uh, it was the day before the Sochi Winter Olympics. You remember those, Jordan? I do remember them, yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones the Russians got caught with all those yeah. uh, that doping. Mm-hmm. That's a good documentary, by the it way. It is a good documentary, yeah. The uh, Icarus, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was uh, four days after the death of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, that was I, I heard that was the reason this didn't make it. It was because people were still in mourning. They were still in mourning around that. Um, I've got one last little thing for you, Jordan. You were in mourning? Not for the show. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing for you, Jordan, and mm. the listeners of the show. Also aired during the run of Almost Human. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. What a weird time in TV. Very. Uh, it looks like people were really going out on a limb for uh, sort of high concept mm-hmm. sci-fi shows. Yeah, people were looking for that uh, serialized science mm. fiction show that was going to work, I guess. All right. Should we get into it? Yes. Can I mention one real quick thing? She only needs to go. <laughs> There's, I have a whole bunch of weird quotes and stuff from Chris Carter. We don't have to talk about those, but his goal for this show was apparently to do 99 episodes. Yes. I've no. Got, I've got a bunch of information. We can get into that yeah. at the end. Okay. I've got so just, just think of it. He wanted to do specifically 99 episodes. Well, let's get into it and we can sort of unpack that as we go. <laughs> Old lady wouldn't make it that far. <laughs> Here is the IMDb summary for The After. Eight strangers are thrown together by mysterious forces and must help each other survive in a violent world that defies explanation. So uh, we start on a bit of a chaotic montage of imagery, but really that is just to lead us into uh, meeting our, I guess, our lead, Gigi. Yeah, you know what? You have to tell me the names because I realize I didn't catch any of the characters' names in this. Gigi is, is waking up in a hotel in L.A. And uh, what, what do we get, what do we know about Gigi? What's, what's Gigi all about? I have... This French prostitute mom. <laughs> Interesting. There you are. Uh, I know where the mom comes from, and I know where the French comes from. Where Where is the middle part coming? <laughs> she is. So she's an actor. Yes. And she's auditioning for a role, but you don't realize because she's talking in the mirror, and she's being like, with her gun, like, you don't fuck with me. I am you don't understand how fucking strong I am. And she weighs maybe 95 pounds. She's really small. She's a very small boned woman. And then you realize that it's actually for an audition and that she's just an actor and it's all just make believe. <laughs> did, you, did you actually think she was going to be a tough guy? No. For for one hot second, you're like, she's going to be badass. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think so. But then she was just talking to her kids beforehand. So her kid. One kid. kid, yeah. Yeah, one kid. Do we get the name of the kid? I don't think so. No, she's got a husband and a kid back in New York City. Hmm. She's staying in a very luxury hotel. For an actress who's having to audition, she's doing all right, though. I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, so have you, you've traveled and you're staying in a place. Like, the show's not putting you up to audition, you know? What about that, uh, as she leaves for the audition, 
the like valet runs out and she, he knows her name. He's just like, oh, here's your car, Mrs. Yeah, uh, and he does like a big look long at her. And I'm like, oh, that guy's going somewhere. Well, I that- wasn't. Well, that's the thing. I, I wasn't sure if they were implying that she at one point was a more successful actress and she's making some sort of shift into a different uh, a different type of role that she's known for because they kind of hinted at that. But I don't think that really is what was happening. No, because, I don't think because she, that she's thought she's she's it. also young. Right. So it's not like, yes, she could have had like a whole career at any point. She's not in her 50s. She's like 20 something. Yeah, I think it was just TV view of an actor. But I was also just like, is she supposed to be famous or like, how is she affording all of this? You're an actress who can't get a role. Yeah. And well, like the prostitute comes in because like she has this like badass moment where she has her fake gun and she's auditioning and she's nailing it. You yeah, know, yeah. I would give Do her a Do you want to talk about this audition with this? Uh, they go to some Bald sort man. of room yeah. with, a, with the director. Did, did you catch the uh, other movie he directed? No, I didn't. What was it? The poster on the wall behind him. It was uh, The Day the Sun Stood Still. Oh, it's a sequel to The Day the Earth Stood Still? I, I would assume so, or an <laughs> uh, unlicensed knockoff, maybe. Maybe the porno version. Um, but yeah, she, she does her audition. She pulls out her gun, and which I got to ask, do you think it's a wise idea to bring a very realistic looking gun to an audition with you? I just felt like there's a good way to like go to jail. I actually thought that was going to be a plot point when she had the gun and then they, they have this scene where she, she puts the gun down and her cell phone. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a thing later, which it, it like, it kind of is, but I thought it was going to be be, more important. Yeah. Like it was going to start the chain of events happening, but it, it doesn't. Did you like her audition, her monologue in the audition? She said bastard arguably seven times. In the <laughs> Did she? All I kept hearing her say, because she has that French, very bastard. thick French. Like, <laughs> bastard. I was just like, she keeps saying the word bastard. That's probably why she didn't get the part. But no, that isn't why she get the Why didn't she get the part, Jillian? She's not right for the role of the mother because... Because she's too sexy and then they wanted her to be the prostitute. Too young, too sexy. Will you read for the role of the daughter who... Uh, uh, you do mention she's a prostitute, but you didn't. You didn't get the full character description. I didn't. It's a very extensive. It's very funny because they're like, "Why don't you just uh, flip ahead to page eighty-eight?" And she starts reading page eighty-eight, which apparently has this entire character description of this character, <laughs> which is arguably the last third of the film. <laughs> but she reads it and she looks up and she's like, "This part is a twenty-something drug addict prostitute in a relationship with a married couple who is tied up and naked." I'm like, there's a lot going on on yeah. page 88. And yeah. what, so what was the comment they were making here? Was the comment that she's in a tough place in her career? Was the comment that this is gross Hollywood? Was the comment that there's not enough rules for women? Or was it just oblivious sort of like, you know, it's TV? I, I think it was more like, isn't it gross what women have to audition for? Although it's weird because she was auditioning for the mother and they're like, oh, you're too young and sexy why don't you like wouldn't you have known that before she showed up that you didn't want her to audition for the mother i guess for her she's like i am a mother therefore i can play a mother oh but i could also be the daughter i'm the right age for both yeah either way it doesn't go well she's irritated she leaves she throws out the script in the garbage can i I did like the director when she's just like describes character he's like yeah so french (laughs) so french yeah Yeah. so french but yes uh i also like director at some point says that when she's talking she's like he's like uh a little less accent please yeah it it is weird to have brought her in knowing how old she was how she looks what her previous roles are that she's french but you don't like any of that Mm -hmm. 
please audition, but, uh, you know, don't do any of the things you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, you're right. She leaves. She's upset. Tosses that script in the garbage. She's going to go get her car from the parking garage. Uh, you know, there's a few police walking around, but she doesn't seem to be bothered by that. No, not at all. And she uh, gets on the elevator with a cast that's like the setup to a bad joke. It is. Let's, you know something's about to let's, happen. Let's list off who's on this elevator. There's the actress. There's an... They keep saying here, only referred to as old lady. Old lady. Although, I can't remember the actress. It's um, Sharon Lawrence playing it, which is, she's not that old. And also, they just keep saying old lady as if she's like 80 and she's like 50. Yeah, no, she's, I would 45 to 55. Yeah. Uh, so, there's actress, old lady on the elevator. There's cop. Yeah, cop. <laughs> that's right. Young little cop. Yeah, woman. and also not a good cop. Bad cop. Yeah. And then there's Irishman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's who, English? Who, yeah. I was going to say, couldn't Is he keep, English? He could not keep that accent going Absolutely. for five seconds. He's Welsh, actually. The man is Welsh. But like I wrote down and like I'm good at accents and I literally wrote down mad Englishman. And then he's because I thought he was like a northern English kind of like rough and tumble like a Jason Statham type dealio. Um, but then he like about halfway through. You're like, are you Irish? And then they start calling him Irish. Yeah, I I, I took him for Irish. Yeah, so. it's, it, but it's it's not a good accent. It's not consistent at all. And then just before the door closes, one last character walks in. Hand. <laughs> White gloved hand. In walks. A clown. You know what? In uh, full regale. Like I, all, all clown all the time. Makeup. was so excited. You know what we've never seen on any of these shows? There has never been a character who's like, this character's he's a clown. Yeah. One of your leads is a clown. And I'm just like, why don't we have more clowns on television? Oh, that's why. And they all laugh. Oh, it's the, the funniest thing we've ever seen. As if it's funny and I would have fucking screamed. If, if a, you were the clown? No, if a clown oh. opened, if I, the door opened. I don't like clowns, man. I clowns thought, are out to get you. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> clowns are out to get you. All right. Let's get into these characters a little bit. What are the character traits of the old lady? What do we know about the old lady? Weak. She's an old bitty. Rich. <laughs> Diabetes. She's like wearing a faux Chanel suit. <laughs> so that's like, you know, she's got money. She's got that big bouffant teased hairdo. Great. And she's um, having a hard time. She's always telling us. She has oh, a condition. She has a condition. Yeah. That she yeah. won't yeah. specify. Because yeah. she doesn't know what it is. It's just it, that it she's might old. be claustrophobia. It might I, be. It didn't it turn uh, out just to be diabetes? Yeah. It was, she, she just, just she just needed she like an articulated. <laughs> she just needed an orange juice. And cheese and crackers. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, what is the defining character trait of the Irishman? He's kind of saucy and he's always angry and he's like looking to fight. That's basically what it is. Yeah. I mean, there's I wrote, such stereotypes. I wrote down piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's an Irishman as seen from someone else's view in like 1900. Yeah, uh, always looking for the Adorno. <laughs> Clown, inexplicably gay, which you can tell via a lisp. You think so? No, they specifically say at some point he's gay. Oh, I didn't. I they didn't said catch that, that later, but yeah. But I caught it early on because I'm like, is this actor putting on a lisp this whole Jamie time? Jamie Kennedy, he baby. Is, he is, and that was such a reveal later in the because he's in clown makeup for the most of the beginning of this episode, and it's not until halfway through he like takes off his makeup and scares the old lady and they're like who are you and i'm like jamie kennedy what were you doing in that closet and he's like it's me the clown the whole time and i was like but wow it takes him way too long to say it's me the clown it, it goes back and forth he's like you know me you know me but he's not saying i'm the clown he's just like don't you recognize me my yeah. bone my bone structure <laughs> and what's crazy is i knew jamie kennedy was in the show because i'm db 
I still didn't know he was a clown until I, he took off his makeup. Agreed. I, I thought the same thing. I forgot too. I so ap- forgot. here's what we've learned. Clown make is the most effective way to obscure Disguise your face. Yourself. Yeah. I loved it. And then, uh, of course, finally, there's the cop who, as you said, ineffectual. And I just wrote down, has no other attributes other than being a cop. Yeah. A, a bad cop. Who, like, loves the rules and is just like, but everyone should listen to me for the only reason that I have this vest that says police. What does the vest say? Police. <laughs> anyway, as they're on this elevator, the power goes out and they're trapped. So they're forced to pry open the doors and escape into the parking garage. The way that the clown came in, I was expecting... Oh, did you the, think the clown broke the elevator? Yes. I thought the clown, it was going, and I was like, what are the fucking chances that this clown just stops the elevator with his gloved, gloved paw hand. and then he gets on and then, and then when they're like trying to figure out the like, hit the button, hit the button. And he's like, oh yeah. And I was like, oh, he's doing it. Are you a clown bigot? <laughs> um, Maybe. I've never liked them since I was a small child. I do like the idea. It hadn't occurred to me that the it would all be the fault of the clown, but I do like that you're watching a show and you're just like the entire time you're like side eyeing this clown. Like, yes, you broke this elevator. I remember going to uh, the the circus when I was a kid, and I remember the clown jumped into the trampoline head first and went into the springs and then came out and was wearing like a spring hat on either side of his head, and I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> good gag. Yeah, it was a good gag. I was like, his springs are in his head, like. Everyone, no one's laughing at this. Anyways, he doesn't do anything like that. No, he's a very boring clown. He doesn't even he's tell off, any he's, jokes. He's off duty. He's off duty. Yeah. He's not off His duty fingers the are whole raw. Time. They're raw from all those balloons he'd been doing. <laughs> anyway, they, they escape this elevator and end up in a parking garage where they've been sealed in. All the doors out are closed. The gate is locked. And they're not the sure. The alarms are going off. The car alarms are going off. Also, my note here was... If this whole episode takes place in this parking garage, I'm going to kill myself. Me too. Because <laughs> I, I, I honestly, that's when they were down there, I'm like, oh no, this is what it's going to be. The whole episode is stuff happening and they're stuck in this parking garage. But thankfully, they're only here for four hours. My note is, is the after the parking garage? <laughs> oh, it, it could have been. It could have been. I'm uh, glad it wasn't. But now that they're out, uh, we've got these five characters who we've come to know and love so well. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. time to add... A few more characters to the mix. Yes. Uh, out of the stairwell comes two more, a lawyer and an escort, both also unaware of the uh, situation going on. I guess their characters are the lawyer is a lawyer and the escort is nothing. She's the only person in this that I was like, oh, I know you. You're fucking famous. She's in she, her IMDb is she's so famous. Who, she's been in who shows is she? I honestly didn't recognize her. The actress is uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Ariel Kebel, 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 I think Kebel. But yeah, no, her IMDb, like she's very, very. G- give us, like give a, us the top two credits. Her top two credits would be The Grudge Two, Think Like a Man, um, both classics. I she's done. She has done a lot of stuff. I originally know her from Gilmore Girls. She oh, had a recurring there role in Gilmore Girls years and years ago. She's had bit parts in pretty much every major. TV drama of the last 10 she's years. She's a good working actor then. Oh, absolutely. Like she all has right, good right. money. So I was like, oh, she's in it. She's going to be the funny one. She's currently uh, in uh, playing the role of Amelia Sachs in Lincoln Rhyme, Hunt for the Bone Collector. Oh, yes. The new Bone Collector television program. There you go. Uh, and there's also two es- escaped, two escaped prisoners running around the parkade. Right. Yeah, but 
how they come into things was such an odd. So like this, this what happens now. They're all sort of in the parking garage and they're they can't get out. out. They're all trapped. They're all, the they're all freaking out way more than they should not be. Not the lawyer though and the escort. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. They're not actually bothered by it at all. The alarm is going off the entire time. Yeah. And it's really starting to bug me. So they walk down to work to see if they can find some sort of exit. The cops are taking the lead. And out of the blue, someone runs down in between two cars. And so she just pulls out her car, uh, gun and shoots him. Because so that's what she, the police do. There's no no indication he's bad. No. He has a gun. No. He's being threatening. Literally just a guy running. And so she shoots him in the stomach. Down he goes. Down he goes. Uh, apparently there was a prison bus breakout. So that's what the police were looking for is these escaped convicts. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we have one shot in the stomach. And the other one, who will be uh, our one of our lead character, uh, I'm I'm sure you didn't catch his full name because I don't think they ever said it, but they call him D the whole time. Yeah, yes. D Love. But his full name is D Love. I know, amazing. I'm obsessed with that. He is D Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about D is uh, when they're like they kind of talk to him. There's this whole standoff, but it all resolves pretty quickly. And they're like, let's all just agree to get out of here. And then one of the one of the people points down at the other prisoner who's been shot in the stomach and is bleeding to death. He's like, uh, I think your friend's bleeding to death. He's like. That guy, fuck him. He ain't my friend. And they literally walk away from that bleeding, dying man, never, never to return to him again. No, he, he seemingly just dies. They just left him to slowly die out of a gut shot. Also, the cop didn't seem like she was sad enough about it. No, and that like she didn't even like check herself to be like, oh shit, I'm a little trigger happy, aren't I? He's a prisoner. He had it coming. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yikes. The prison industrial complex is real. And he drops that line. Later. That is that is D's primary character. Uh, not only has he, he claims to be an innocent man. Which you know he is. He's been in prison for 13 years. And he drops so many references to the 13th Amendment. He knows his rights. And the feeling I got is that by episode, you know, 63 or so, we'd really get his back history. And you go, oh, he was innocent. Oh, in yeah. Hundo, he was innocent. He, and this is played by Aldous Hodge, by right. the way, who is... A lovely actor who you can tell even from this that like that guy's going places. Oh yeah, he's he is certainly the high point of this series. Yes, and he was show. most recently seen in Clemency, which is an outstanding piece of cinema that everyone should see. There you go. Put it on your Netflix list, everybody. D also happens to be the most useful character of the group. He's the only interesting, useful one. Well, he's the he's the only person who prope- the problem solver. Yeah, and he propels the story. Yeah, because if he wasn't there. They just sort of spin in circles. So he's like, we should go to this door. We should try opening the door. We should try getting out. He's the one who leads yeah. all the action. He, he finds a carjack in the back of one of these cars. And the, the gate that's closed down in the garage, he gets the carjack underneath and starts like jacking it up so that they'll be able to slide underneath and get out of this parquet. They're trapped and un- unaware of what's happening out there in the world, which seems to be something ominous, but hard to say. I don't think we know yet, though. Do we? No, we no, we don't. Clue. We just see a man walk past the gate and... They yell for help and he just sort of like shrugs and walks away. Yeah. But yeah, he gets the gate up just enough so that D can slide under. And then, of course, Gigi, our French actress, slides under as well. Uh, unfortunately, as she comes through, she seems to kick the jack out and uh, trap no, the rest it, of them. No, it, it, like, I think it was too heavy. Um, I think it literally just snapped. I, I did like the jaw drops on her ankle and I thought that was going to be a real impediment for her. Not really. She's fine. Also, I have a moment and I spent a long time. Her stilettos that she is wearing for the first whole half of the show are outrageous like they're so thin and it is so difficult to like you can see her struggling the entire time she's walking in any scene i'm like take them off take them off but she does 
She's just about she does. to. She will. She will soon. Thank God. Did you... Uh, <laughs> What I found interesting was when they're trying to get it under the garage, they're all trying to like lift it up. They're all like, everyone get together and we'll all lift this this uh, gate up. And the clown is just like, that's oh, too much. It's too much work. I, can't. I blow up balloons. I can't possibly. I can't possibly join you in lifting this easily to lift gate. Well, he, he wins because he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. It's true. And now all of our other actor characters are trapped in this parking garage for the next, you know, 15 minutes. And we get to follow Gigi out into the wide world. And uh, what's going on? Outside of the parking garage. The camera sort of does a pullout and you see that it's sort of like pandemonium. People are running around. Pandemonium is you're not, correct. You're not really sure what's happening. It almost looks like like a, a major sporting event has just let out. Like there's just people everywhere. People and are then in the streets. A helicopter is flying. And Oh, don't it, forget about the sound. What's the sound? Do you not remember the uh, she stops to talk to a cop and there's like an explosion or a like concussion sound that like starts breaking. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which we'll hear for the rest of the this like episodes. Mm -hmm. Like there's this like ominous noise that's just happening that no one knows what it is. She's kind of running around. She keeps trying to get help. Everyone's being uh, everyone seems very focused to a somewhat odd degree as what's happening. Like hey, police officer, help me. And he's like, I can't even talk to you right now. He asked she asked for an explanation. Did you get the explanation? No. What do you say? What about you? Did you hear his explanation for what was happening? We don't know, but it's been over 24 hours and... Nobody knows what's happening. Yeah. Nobody knows how many are affected or how widespread it is. But what we do know is communication has been gone since since yesterday. Yes. But... They've only been in the parking garage for 25 minutes. However long it takes to shoot an innocent person, that's how long they've been in the parking lot. So what? How how has communication been down for 24 hours? I, I I can't even wrap my head around it. And neither can Gigi. <laughs> yeah, she can't either. She's then like, she, what day is it? <laughs> she doesn't even have... That's very good. She doesn't even have time because then two helicopters crash into each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she's it like... It is not two helicopters crash into each other. It is one barreling into the other one. Oh, so you won't... I, I thought it would be 50% insurance on each side. Absolutely not. The black <laughs> that, one, one absolutely of <laughs> barreled into the other one. And then there's an explosion. Everyone goes crazy. Gigi trips and falls because she's in those heels. And is trampled to, as not trampled to death, but essentially crushed by fleeing people in the chaos. And let's be real, she would absolutely have been trampled to death at least, or a minimum, her bones would have been broken. Yeah, because she'd be like, anyone have a hard boiled she egg? She is brittle, brittle boned. <laughs> when she comes to, she's been pulled to the side of the road. She gets up, she wakes back up, she goes back to the hotel. Yeah, she mm-hmm. abandons them entirely and heads back to the hotel. Right. <laughs> I actually thought that was going to be an interesting thing. I thought at this point she was going to go. You know what? Screw you guys. Me I, too. I'm gonna go do my thing, and it I thought, did feel that way. What an interesting character trait, because I thought she's now gone, and it's gonna have just left these people. But it's just a kind of little time waster before we get them all together. But she goes back to the hotel because she needs her phone. Is really mm-hmm. what what That's she's looking true. for. She uh, she bribes a security guard to let her back upstairs to her hotel room. Where she bosses up with the security guard. She uses her acting training. It's true. She yeah. uh, she gets up to her door and realizes there's no power, so she can't use her card to get in. Is a little nitpicky point, but if in a hotel there's a power outage, all the card keys are used by like batteries, so like you can still get into your room. One hundred. <laughs> so like, because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense for a hotel to if a, if there's a power outage for everyone to be locked in or out of the rooms. Like I know it's a plot point, so that she yeah, has this interaction. But, it, but they introduced like, that gun in Act One, so they. I know they've got to use it, so that's the reason for it. So she can threaten the guy, so he kicks open the door and she can get her phone. Yeah, I did like left. her way to get back, and she went down, pulled a gun on security, and it's like, come back upstairs with me and kick open the door. <laughs> Because she's only tiny. Yeah. No, I absolutely. I was like, yes, this is you thinking. You're thinking, girly. But I yes, like it. Gets her phone, gets her luggage, 
puts on a sensible pair of shoes. They're nice shoes too. This is a nice purple lavender brogue. I mean, they don't go with her outfit, but that's fine. Why did she not change that dress? I don't well, know, and that was mad. Well, this thing. is a question for both of you. So it may be the end of the world. You go back to your hotel room. Do you pack all your stuff and bring all your stuff in your two? She brings two cases with her. She doesn't know the end of the world. But they're not cases of stuff. She packs them with supplies. That's true. She that does. is true. That so is true. So she's thinking. I mean, uh, Jillian's, Jillian's got it. Yeah, you're right. I take it back. She's a smart lady. She is a smart lady and she's very generous. I mean, she's clearly the <laughs> Jesus Christ in this situation. Well, then I like she goes back down to the hotel, walks out into the lobby and the valet is waiting there who... The actor is funny funny. He's playing it. I kept thinking, like, is he going to be like an insane stalker? But I think the actor's just like playing it a little too intensely. But I, he, she comes in the lobby and, he, and the valet's like, oh, there you are. Thank God I found you. I saved you a spot on a bus that's going to, there's one seat left. I saved it for you. Let me grab your luggage. I'm going to put you on this bus to the airport that I've had waiting here for you. Because I think planes are still like, I was just like, how did this valet know she was here? It, it did feel like maybe there was an editing issue here from the two scenes we have with the valet yes. that maybe he was a bigger character because it, it, both scenes with him and her interaction, it's as if they know each other and we've seen, and it's like, this At minimum, is weird. he's a stalker. And it's been, or yeah, or that. And theoretically, from what we heard from that cop, it's been a day since whatever happened. We don't know why their time jump happened in the thing, but it's been a day. He, the valet's just been there for a full day, not going home to his own family, waiting for Gigi to come back so he can get her on a plane. Do you think she got charged for two days at the hotel room? Absolutely. The power's out. There's no way to tell. Yeah, that's true. There's no way to tell. The computers are down. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. As soon as power went down, they took out the old books. They're not going to let anyone get it by free. There's no freebies at that hotel. Fancy hotel. But here's the thing. So at this point, she goes back down to the fence. Yeah, she to basically... To go see the people. We gotta, why, didn't, why didn't she go down in the hotel... Back down the staircase, the uh, the banker and the, uh, she, the that's not the same place. The valet gave her a car. She let like those are two different locations, miles apart. But seemingly, you could still get through. That stairwell is not electronic. But I think that I wouldn't want a chance going in a stairwell and getting stuck. All I'm saying is, she goes back to the fence. I'm like, but you could have found another way around. That I mean, that's the fake out. You think she's going to the airport, and what you get is. Uh, they, she's come back to the fence to help them. Right. She's come with no plan, but she's returned to the fence. Anyway. But she's come with said, supplies. Supplies, yeah. She got, she's come with supplies. I did like that. You know, how long do you think she's been gone? Like how long since she left them down there? I would say at least an hour to Wh two. When we cut back to them, they're We're all standing around the fence. They're like, we should maybe get another carjack and try that again. I'm just like, it's been hours, you guys. Also, get a car and ram the damn door. That's what I was just like. No one has a plan here, but thankfully. The only useful character D does. Yeah. D and the mom. They're like mom and dad. D and the mom? Who's the mom? Oh, I, the Gigi. Gigi, I see. Because she brings supplies because like that's what a mom would do. That's what I would do. I would be like, okay, I would find anything that I could use as a weapon. And right. including my fake gun because that proves useful. Also, war gun in case you get thirsty. <laughs> but uh, so what's his face comes back? D. D. D comes back with an ambulance and bolt cutters. Yes, he returns. He's stolen an ambulance. He's got bolt cutters. He's he's cutting their way out of there. So they all load up into the ambulance with the sole exception of the cop who hangs off the yeah. back of why the did, ambulance. Why did she hang on the back of the ambulance? I don't know. She is making weird choices. <laughs> yeah, I, think she she's, I think she was... This was what my thought was that she was doing it to be like, it's all right, guys. Like, keep moving. Keep moving. I I'm agree. a police. I think it's like I'm supposed to be a defensive idea. Yes. But it does look insane. Yeah. Especially because she's like particularly little. 
Yeah, she looks like like it's the 1930s and uh, like a kid who's like hitched a ride. Yes, agreed. You know? Or the back of a fire engine or something. Yeah, like, there's yeah. one guy hanging on the back. They uh, they drive up the ramp back into this crowd of just chaos that's outside. There's just people everywhere, and uh, this is weird. Like they drive is weird. slowly into the crowd, and then after like a pause, everyone's like, "Hey, hey." Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't did, make sense. It did make me wonder how he got it there. Because everyone's very interested in the ambulance. But they're not like freaking out. They're There's like, this level of like calmness about people that I'm like. They just want some answers. Yeah. Uh, Don't we all? And then he slowly rolls rolls forward with another two feet. Somehow hits a motorcycle that's driving by. Some like kamikaze motorcycle. Yeah, I blame it more on the motorcycle. He seems to drive into them. Agree. And it's at that point the uh, the crowd really turns on them. Yes, he stole this. I know they're just they're accusing them of stealing it, and then trying to flip the ambulance over. And then this is so weird: is they're surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. People trying to push them over. They've got to get out of there. And then D hits the gas, but there's now no one in front of. The, like it seems like he should be running over. Body. Dozens well, of they people. set up a weird problem, and then like, well, we just need to get them out of it, so they get out. Yeah, they don't want him to like. I just understand. Like, it's the end of the world. You can have your character drive over a few people. Like, this is they don't want him to kill people. They have made a big deal how he's innocent. He's never killed anyone. That's not how he would do it. But But he, but he has shot people. He mentions that like ten times in the show. Oh yeah, he's never he he didn't kill anyone. He never has. Uh So yeah, there's this weird part where it's just like, well, the only way out of this is for him to kill someone. But then you like pull the punch. Yeah, it was very strange. But they drive off. And they head to the old lady's house. And she's got a huge house. It is so great. I love, and like this was when I I said, I was like, oh, now this is when these stupid little things get fun to shoot because you get to be in a location like that. Where where was the house located? I don't know. Where was it? If you were going to be a fresh prince, where would you go? (laughs) Oh, is it Bel Air? It is in Bel Air. It's enormous. It it is an estate. Yes. Do do you think the people in Bel Air, uh, Get Go ir- home get, to Bel Air. Get irritated if you mention the Fresh Prince to them. They're like, "Yes, we know. We know it was a show in 1993." Yeah, because they're also probably racist. The people, <laughs> the people in Bel Air don't talk to people like us. Oh, I see. <laughs> what about those guests we lined up from Bel Air? <laughs> <laughs> Bel Air uh, Direct, maybe. And once they kind of enter this house and kind of get a chance to calm down, we like the plot gets a little bit meandery here, and like people just sort of wander around, and like I just sort of so I sort of just wrote down my highlights of this sequence. I don't know. Do you want me to run through my highlights? And you guys can add anything that sure. I'm missing. Uh, what we get to see is Gigi running down her phone battery just watching videos. Oh, that was infuriating <laughs> to me. I she was, was like, the power's out though, dude. I know she's like desperate to call her daughter and then you cut to her and she's just like staring at videos. I'm like, your phone's dead. There's no, you know there's no power. She's just watching a video over and over again of her kid. And then her battery dies and she's like, what? what? <laughs> oh. The Irishman and the lawyer creep on the escort for a while. Yeah, because she goes nude swimming. She Yeah, she strips down and goes for, she strips completely naked and goes for a swim. Tammy, right? I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I sort of just Tammy. them as like their general. Yeah, it's Tammy. What I thought was very funny about this is it's going to be an Amazon show. So they're saying the F word and like there's going to be some nudity. But I was just like, you started this entire pilot off with a condemnation of bad female characters forced to strip down to nothing. And then we are now 30 minutes into this thing. And you are doing Chris Carter. You're doing the exact same thing you just attempted to make fun of without any irony. It's true. Yep. It's a good point. 
I was just, I just couldn't, I was just like, man, Chris Carter, you really do stuff. Well, because the weird thing about the scene, regardless of that, there's no reason for a woman to be just in the middle of the apocalypse. Yeah. But in terms of the actual character and what's happening in the story, why is she doing that? Well, it doesn't make any sense. Like she needs to go for a swim that bad. And she goes one length of the pool and gets out. But, well, she wants to get out. And but then I, Irish guy creeps creep. her. Well, that's what's kind of happening is as the lawyer and the Irishman get together and watch her swimming naked, uh, we get to learn that the lawyer trades her sex for paying for her health insurance. Which, in America, that's real. That's you good it. money. Did you, did you catch, the, did you catch the, the lawyer's line after he tells him that? No. Obama can't touch that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 2014. <laughs> um. It's so weird too because the Irishman is like goes down and kind of like tries to like watch her for a bit and tries to hand her towel and he like he has been like a jerk for this whole time but he now shifts into like classic creepy nice guy style yeah like he's trying to be like really extra nice to her and it's, which only to women makes ever we feel, us feel like you're a rapist well I mean he, he is for sure absolutely absolutely. <laughs> Because he's really trying to like win her over by like being like, oh, you're so great. Could I just get in this towel? And when she like walks away from him, he's just like, fuck you. Yeah, I offered you a towel and you wouldn't have sex with me. <laughs> yeah, fully. I did like though the escort as she comes out of the pool starts quoting the Bible. Like mm-hmm. this is the first time we've got any indication of her character. And, and she, there's a close up on of her tattoo. Her tattoo triple eight. Yeah. What's that going to mean? They really focus in on it. So, you know. I think that's the only reason they had to strip down so they could find some Agreed. excuse to show. I think you're right. Agreed. Well, they were like, she has a tattoo. We need to show it. And they're like, well, she could just get naked. Like, I, well, why would she get naked? Well, it's, it's hot. It's Los Angeles. Well, it's Bel Air specifically. So she, I don't know. She goes skinny I mean, dipping. Like, this here, all makes sense. I'm here for, you know, letting the free in the nipple. And like, if she wants to go jump in, it's like, she doesn't know what kind of clothes old lady has. She probably, she probably doesn't want to get her clothes wet. I mean, would I have maybe kept my undies on? I definitely wouldn't have kept my bra on, but I'd have been in there making a sandwich. It's a reason to show those tattoos. It is. Did you did you find it unexpected that she quoted the Bible and like seemed to be very religious suddenly? Oh, but it was it was like more than to me. I was like, oh shit, is she into like the rapture? Like, is it definitely this... southern like rapture yes. kind of idea? She seemed yes. to even appropriate a bit of a southern accent in that yes. later bit. And like you get, you're like, oh, there's more to you. But then I also was like. Are you being possessed? Oh. No, I think it's just like halfway through. They're like, oh, yeah, this is what she's like. Anyway, sorry we didn't tell you before. Uh, we also get the cop discovering a calendar on the old lady's fridge and realizing, hey, me and the old lady, we have the same birthday, March 7th. Yeah, and this and the way they do this scene is and the, it's just the clumsiest way ever because every it's almost as if like... It's one like by a, one. Yeah, like a bad, bad comedy where characters just want... Uh, March 7th is also my birthday. March 7th, you say? That's my birthday. Is someone saying March 7th? That was my birthday. Like, if so, my birthday is May the 8th. If I ever hear someone saying May the 8th, I wouldn't go, I, I, I just everyone knows that's, that's my birthday. It's like, who? What, and that's where a, you, we differ. Whereas someone, if someone were to say May 23rd, I would say, oh, that's my birthday. Would you really? Absolutely. Oh, so you're one of these characters. Yeah, I mean, it Gigi. says a lot that you you're, Gigi. That you're a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the only one who doesn't say his birthday is the Irishman. So you're a lot like the Irishman. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's great. That's why I'm like <laughs> the worst character of yeah. them. I have a note that I don't know if. So I said it earlier about the Adorno. Any notes on it? Uh, I'm sorry, the Adorno. Adorno. So the Irishman, when he comes into the ho- into old lady's 
house. The mansion. The mansion. The Mick mansion. He finds the like uh, yes. the cellar, the wine. the wine cellar. And he states that he is going to marry this old woman yeah, because of all of the booze she's got. And it is, it says Adorno on it. So I wrote it down and then make a little bottle here. And I Googled it. So I was like, oh, I wonder what kind of wine. booze or wine that is. It's not. Theodore Adorno was an philosopher and so this is what Adorno's theory is. Oh, it's a, it's a little spoiler. It's a, it's a, little, a little deep deep cut from Chris Carter. It was responsible for the creation of the philosophical form called critical theory, which takes the stand that oppression is created through politics, economics, culture, and materialism, but is maintained most significantly through consciousness. Adorno is also known for his critique of the culture industry. Holy fuck. The show makes perfect sense now. Does it? <laughs> but right? I was like, that's, Very a, good. I was like, good that's a connection. Good pull. No, that's great. That is really uh, that is the Am kind I of, gonna be invited back now? These are the deep cuts we're looking for mm-hmm. from our guests, because we're not doing any of this research. <laughs> Jordan just goes to sleep when halfway through and Yeah. <laughs> yep. That basically wraps up for the most part the meandering part for me. I don't know if there's anything that stood out for you in that because after that we kind of once their birthday they all realize we have the same birthday. Mm-hmm. The plot kind of kicks back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh the Irish guy decides not only is he sexist, he's also a bit of a racist. So uh D beats him up on the floor of the kitchen. Uh Thank God someone needed to. And also, this show has swearing doesn't bother me. But in shows where it seems needless, it does bother me where it just seems like anytime the writer had like a bit of uh, uh, they got stuck, they're like, eh, just stick in a swear word. And it just this show, it sticks out so badly that it's like it's on Amazon. This isn't on normal TV. We well, can say what we want. I will agree with you in this way because uh, I don't notice the and that stuff doesn't bother me. It just fades over me. But uh, at some point I was like watching it and I was like it had I had to occur to me that this was an Amazon show because I, I was like. Oh, this could just be NBC. Like this could be an NBC show. Like there's nothing about this. If it wasn't for it wasn't for the swearing. Yeah. Yes. If it weren't yeah. for the swearing and the nudity, you it could easily just be like a mid-season show. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing about it that needs some sort of like fancy like no rating. Like it is just like a very run-of-the-mill show. So you're yeah. right. Like the swearing is weirdly like apropos enough. Yeah. But the thing that I didn't like about the swearing was that they were kept all the like the women characters kept being like must you must and i was like you? stop bringing it up just oh, get that's over the, it the old lady character yeah. yeah and Gigi. oh does she too yeah did you did you like how Gigi stops the fight from happening finally when that yeah she jumps on d's back as if she could make an end to that oh i i wrote uh, what i thought she did was i thought she just started crying until he stopped they they cut to her we'd have weeping. we'd have to check the tape <laughs> Oh no, I'm thinking of the cop. What happened to the cop? Is the cop still there? She's yeah, still she's talking there. about her. Every, she's everyone's in that room. Just she's still going there. on about her birthday. Yeah, right. They're I, all Pisces. I noticed no one got me a present. Right. <laughs> um, at that moment, a car pulls up outside, and the the whole the whole group heads out to see who this car is pulling up. Is it going to be the rich lady's housekeeper, Griselda, who she's been looking for for five to ten minutes, <laughs> and just yelling Griselda everywhere she walks? Yeah, it sort of is. Sort of is. It is also a gang of stereotypical hispanics mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and they've got latinx men who so, have got big guns yeah the uh assumingly she's the maid right? yeah the housekeeper yeah. housekeeper yeah. excuse me and she has family or friends yeah, the, of family the that is like these are people she knows and they know she works somewhere nice yeah so they've yeah. come in and be like we want a piece of that money because chaos is happening outside yeah let's let's rob this place yeah. they're like 
rock up to the lady like give us the combination you're safe she's like i don't remember i gotta go look for it and they're like fine go look for it and then the one guy just shoves the old lady over i'm like that's not gonna help her find it <laughs> but in shoving the old lady over d breaks his rule of not murdering anyone yeah yeah and he just starts shooting just blows away one guy starts shooting randomly at the others and they all kind of just run into the forest well there's a funny scene too because they it's it's an extended scene of them running through a field like just a very very large well, yeah, open they, no tree just it looks like a golf course just running 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 to get to the trees i'm like if you're running from someone this is not the way the way you go well i do like they run all the way through the mansion first and then out into the yard and they're running i'm like where are they going they're, they're going but to the D forest yells just keep running. You gotta keep Just running. Keep and and, uh, running. and what's the Irish guy trying to do while they're all running? Oh, he's, he's get more Adorno for that Adorno. Yeah, he's, gotta, you gotta get that Adorno. He's trying to carry like an entire case of water. Yeah, he's absolute prick. <laughs> it doesn't go well. He drops it. Yeah. When they get to the forest, it's like kind of like I guess they're running so quickly they all lose each other. Like the, the, the party splits up when they get to the forest. In the forest, we get a glimpse of a wolf. Scary. And an owl. And an owl. Yeah, oh. Oh, I wrote it down as a transition owl. There's just a weird shot of an owl. Yeah. Just to start the scene. I'm like, what? Why? And it's like, no, it's, it's just an I owl. literally wrote Snow White Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, very much like that. For Gigi, yeah. There's uh, there's some maybe some weird voices in the forest. Mm -hmm. um, since they split up, Gigi ends up with D, and D's like, all right, we got to go. And Gigi's like, I need to go back to my house. That, that house, I forgot my purse there. They make a big stink about how she wants to get her purse back. And the next scene, she's just like, oh, I, never, yeah. I, don't, I don't want it. The lawyer character, he wants to keep running. He wants to abandon the group. And he gets his uh, karma paid off immediately because I don't remember his what leg to him. snaps. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's and right. And Tammy's like, are you hurt? Like, yeah. I his love Tammy. His bone is out of him. Yeah. Tammy rules. That was very, it was very funny because he's just like, fuck them. And he literally like yeah. turns 180 and falls over and his leg snaps in half. Yeah. That's what would happen though. In, exactly. in, in reality, if you, if you had like some sort of grand gesture, you're going to then fall on your face right <laughs> <Yes>. after. <laughs> but eventually what happens is Gigi convinces D, hey, we need to stick together as a group. So D's like, fine, I'm going to walk back into the forest. You wait here in this small clearing and I will gather everyone and bring them back here. And she leaves Gigi sort of sitting on the side of a tree stump. And uh, spooky voices start coming in. Things are getting creepy. A weird gray Slenderman hand sort of reaches over her mm -hmm. shoulder as if to touch, as if he's going to touch her. And D returns just in time. Mm -hmm. With a kablooey. He blasts it. He blasts it. And what has he blasted? It's like, I don't know what you call it. It's, it's, it's an like, alien. It's like a creepy looking alien monster man. Who has with... tattoos of everybody else's tattoos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's covered. It's it's covered in tattoos. Tattoos that both the Irishman and uh, Tammy. Tammy have. Mm -hmm. Red eyes. Speaks in tongues. Very humanoid looking. Very blue, blue gray. Blue gray. Blue gray. <laughs> A little uh, indigo. Um, I, I will. I will tie dye. I will tell you what I think it is because as they pan up its head, it's got two stubby little horns on its forehead. I think it might be a demon. Mm. Or a, a devilly demon. Very. I. I felt. I felt. I'm like a little, a little demon going on here. Body covered in like runes and like drawings of monsters. He also uh, does a nice little like uh, crab walk. Yeah. Yes. They. They think he's dead, and they're all standing over his body, and he like twists his limbs backward, and then like exorcist walks, scuttles away. Scuttles away. Very good. I really like the scuttle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was probably the best part of the show. It was a good. It was. It was a real. It was a real surprise. Like finally, like what is happening here? And we leave the gang in the woods wondering what's next. Hard cut. The show is over. And then, yeah. you, and then you finally get the title of the show. 
What was it again? The after. Oh. Backwards F. Backwards F. All right. Let's break down this. Let's debrief on the show for a couple seconds here. Because this is like crazy. Like, I've never watched anything where even by the end of the pilot, I still had no idea what was happening. That's okay. So I agree that, but I kind of thought that, so I didn't realize that it was a show. I, I thought it was like a TV movie. And oh yeah, I want to hear more about this. So I thought it was a TV movie that it was like, this is, the world has been invaded by these blue guys. Yeah, well, whoever they are. And like, they're all eventually just going to die. That was it. Were you like, great. Were you like, that's, you were into it. Kind of. Cause I was like, I like, th- I like things that just end and like, they don't need to explain it. Like this is how it happened. And then that's how the world ends. I mean, to be fair, that's what the show is now. Like you, you got that show. Yeah. That was a beginning, middle and end to me. Well, can I give you a quote from Chris Carter on this? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I've got a bunch of stuff about him here. Okay. So, so here's what it. Chris Carter said about the show. Cause there's a few different things. And we'll talk why it's get canceled. But so he said, it might have, so again he wanted to do 99 episodes and he said it might have taken us 11 years to make 99 episodes in my mind but i wanted to do the inferno as i should say all of dante that uh. was my approach try to mimic the 99 cantos it was a tough sell it was eight characters in hell basically and i think that's the reason we parted ways when he's speaking about amazon that was when someone was asking why he thinks the show was canceled so that was his again he he, he there's a bunch of comments about in, dante's inferno that's yeah what so to d's do. name is for sure dante absolutely yeah dante love yeah great name by the way yeah uh did you catch this in the in the some of the interviews with him is that he hadn't written a bible or i any did information that he wanted to discover the series as he went he didn't yeah. write a bible yeah uh, Which, I, you if you wonder why amazon was like nervous about this <laughs> yeah that, here's 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 another quote from so uh blah 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 it was it was a hard sell from the beginning it was eight characters in hell and i I really didn't do a Bible for the show because I wanted to discover what it was about. It was a hard sell and would have been an investment for them, Amazon, if they were going to do eight episodes of $40 million, so I can understand their reluctance and I still think I had eight great episodes in me. Well, what I do like, though, is despite what is obviously quite a few warning signs, Amazon greenlit it for eight, epi- for eight more episodes. That's right. They only pulled the plug like a few months later. Like Someone finally came to their sentences. But, but they never did shoot even one other No, episode. no. But it was it's crazy to me that they even like got to the point where they're like, oh, all right, sure. Uh, Agree. When, well, when a man shows up with no Bible and just like, well, I don't that know, was that was I'll my note. Out. My last note for the show was, why would anyone make this? How charismatic is Chris Carter? He must be good in the room. He must be because he sold again. He has the might X-Files. be good in the sack. <laughs> That's how he got his show. I don't know. Uh, Sex sells. <laughs> uh, what I what I liked is I read some of the stuff where uh, some of the later stuff where he kind of was like talking about what went wrong. And my favorite thing is he he blamed the failure of the show on. Uh, that he felt that Amazon thought it was too new and too original. Yeah, I did and see I, that and too. And I was just like, oh, I don't know about well, too new or too original. Well, I think what he was, I, in, in defense of Chris Carter, and I don't think this is a very good show, I think what he was saying new and original was the idea of a showrunner starting a show and not knowing where it's going to go and the idea that he's going to discover it along the way. Now, that is I, a d- different original, but it's also lazy and not professional. I would argue not even true. I've seen Gemini Man. I know they didn't know where they're going with that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I know. I know at least one show that didn't know where it was going. But but it is funny. I do think you get the difference of opinion where he thinks it would be great to just discover this thing and, and let the actors find out what they're doing. And yeah. Wolf and the story will tell itself. It's like, but you, this is a business. You can't. You know. Well, and, and can you imagine? He's like, I want forty million dollars to do eight episodes, and I don't even know what the next script's going to be. It's just like, yeah. well, how can we even budget that? Yeah, we don't even know what an episode's going to cost because you won't tell us. He's like, guys, don't be scared of what's new and original. All right, Jillian, you've written something down. So I assume they're all a different circle of hell. Each individual character. Oh, interesting. If there's eight. Well, I wasn't sure now if 
And if D is Dante. Well, I wasn't sure if they were all going to be representative of a layer of hell or if every episode was going to be them descending in some sort of other hellish mm. nightmare. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? And Or I wasn't sure how he was going to structure it. And clearly, Chris Carr didn't either. Yeah. Mm. But I think he likes the idea of people are you, are you, in hell. Do you want to match the characters to the levels? You've written them down. So I'm assuming. Well, I've just written headed. the first. I've written the seven circles of hell. Wrath. Wrath has got to be what's his face. Uh. Uh, McCormick, the Irish guy. Mm, no? Mm. I could say gluttony was him because he's like the booze hound. You know what? I bet you we find out. Is there a seventh circle of hell that fits for the clown? Because I bet you we find out the clown. Limbo. Oh, you think so? I would say limbo. Mm, interesting. Mm. This is not good. This is not as easy as we thought. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Like greed, you could say the lawyer. Yeah, lawyer. lust. You could say um, uh, probably Tammy. escort. You probably Tammy's going to take Tammy. that one. So maybe heresy could be Gigi. Okay, because she's French. Yeah. Oh, greed. Greed is the old lady. Greed is the old lady. Wrath is the Irishman. Who am I missing? Uh, oh, violence is the cop. Violence is the cop. Great. There you go. We and then Dante. And then Dante. He goes through them all. Yeah. There you go. Solved okay. it. I will say one thing about the idea of a show where it was just like, he's just like, it's going to be them traveling through seven level, the seven levels of hell. I mean, he, Chris Carter would never do this because that's not the, like, but there's something like, I couldn't watch the show, but there's something about the idea of like, here's seven characters and we are going to torture them graphically across like a season of hell. Like there's something there's like, that's a crazy idea. Yeah. But you know, that's he, not well, what he's he going to do. He's not going to do that. Mm -hmm. But like, even that concept that someone's just like, it's going to be a show where I torture seven characters across like an entire scene. I'm like, that's like hostile level of an idea. I'll, I'll give this to yeah. him. Of everything he's done, they're all big picture shows. You know, X-Files had this big mythology that they, they had about government conspiracies and aliens. Uh, Millennium was, uh, you watched Millennium, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was about what the end of the world and yeah, the it was the end of the world. It was like it was a battle of heaven and hell kind of thing. Harsh realm was this idea of virtual world, virtual worlds and different dimensions. And this obviously is this Dante's Inferno. He has these huge ideas. I just don't know if he's the guy to pull them off. You know, well, he's clearly not. Yeah, he needs well, he needs someone else to come and help him for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. let's rate this. Um, Jillian, do you want to give your rating for the after first? We usually do it at ten stars, much like IMDb. Oh, you can choose how you do this often. I think we'd like to think of it as just like a level of enjoyment because quality is one thing like quality is, uh, I think, more quantitative and it's more a lot of the shows we watch don't fall. They would fall quite low. But I think there's a, a level of like when you watch this, how much entertainment value did you personally receive? I enjoyed myself. I was not looking forward to it, to be honest, um, but I gave it a seven. seven. Holy moly, a seven. Luke, I liked you... it. There you and go. I got Aldous Hodge. I love that guy. We've talked about this a bit. I've never seen a show that's all tease, no payoff. Like, I've just never seen that before. I've never seen something that, like, everything, like, the garage, tease, 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 what's going to be outside, get outside. What's happening? Tease, tease, tease. Get to the, like, every, like, they never gave you even, like, we had to read up about it being Dante's Inferno. Mm -hmm. Like, mm. I couldn't have told you that just watching this show. And there's something perversely enjoyable about that for me, too. I was just like, I've never seen anything quite like this. I've never been, like, teased with so many possibilities without giving me any indication of what was real i'm giving it a seven as well see for all the reasons you listed i think the reasons i didn't like it if there was more of a show if there were further episodes i think you go okay that would be fine to set things up but because it's a standalone and we have to treat it as a standalone you have a show where you kind of introduce a bunch of characters they kind of yell at each other for a while they kind of run in circles 
and then a monster shows up and runs away and you go what did i just watch and yeah, that, that's that, what i loved yeah three, yeah, th- three to ten hot mess <laughs> To be fair, as I was watching this at home, I was just like, Jordan's livid right now. Well, I'm not livid. I'm just like, it's a hot mess. Like, it's it's barely a TV show. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Jillian, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much for having me. You've been a real treat. Aw, you too. <laughs> Give her a compliment. Um, um, Your hair looks real nice. Thank you. I did it myself. Great. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's been It's been a lot of fun. I'm glad this show turned out to be a quite as weird as it did yeah agreed i'm glad that i watched i got to watch this instead of uh, badlands oh, oh right. yeah if, spoiler alert for the audience uh jillian was gonna come on for badlands 2005 but uh but she gave herself a brain injury instead yeah <laughs> and now that's why she loves the after yeah it's a win-win <laughs> <laughs> well if you want to talk to us about the after you can email us at continuing at gmail.com and of course on twitter and instagram we're going to have some uh, little clips from the show uh monster crab walking for sure um that's about it i mean i think you'll probably save clown stripping down for your personal collection those probably won't end up on instagram but yeah clown moment oh yeah oh, the clown i yeah. think that's a reveal ja- i think jamie kennedy walking out of a closet is good yeah can we also just say like jamie kennedy given nothing to do he he's been told he's gay so he does that terrible lisp. oh it's brutal <laughs> yeah when you realize, you're like oh my god wait there's actually someone who like was kind of a thing here it, it is odd but jamie i think jamie kennedy just likes to work yeah i mean it's definitely oh, just a paycheck do you him. think the big reveal of the show is that this was all going to be a big jamie kennedy experiment like that's the big they, they was like surprise you're on the Jamie Kennedy experiment anyway you being X that was the thing wasn't it I yes. don't remember oh my god with his spiky hair orange shirt blue pants <laughs> uh, visor upside down and to the side all right with that let's wrap it up listener thank you so much for uh, joining us this week and Jordan see you next week see you then Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto Ontario theme music by James Rex Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard.